I've already messed up one thing. <laughs> we'll see how this goes from here on out. Um, uh, I do not have a drink in front of me, but the important thing about this show is that it's an excuse for us all to hang out and drink together. Um, so tell me what you're drinking. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be beer. It can be wine or spirits or cocktails or whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to have a cocktail and that's kind of where we're going to go in just a second. But, um, like I said, tell me what it is you're drinking. Um, I have been uh, horribly absent as far as podcasting the last couple weeks, as far as this show, as far as Cincy Brewcast, uh, just because things are so crazy. Uh, it's a good thing, but uh, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I haven't been here for you guys on Mondays. Um, we're back. <laughs> uh, let's see. Marco is having a truth. Josh is also having a, tr- a truth. Uh, Danny Spears, Beer Mumbo, do we still call you Beer Mumbo, is having a Weller. Uh, Adam Caldwell is drinking a furious IPA uh, live from the hotel bar in Minneapolis. Well, cheers. Um, like I said, I don't have a drink, um, but I'm going to make one. I'm going to make, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to make two cocktails because I, uh, one is not enough, um, but I've never tried this before here uh, in the studio. Uh, the idea was to be able to have it set up for this, but um, I just kind of did it uh, on a, uh, on a whim tonight. Um, and uh as of like, I don't know, like 20 minutes ago, we were still trying to get uh, uh, the three-year-old to bed. So um, I was just rushing around trying to put all the finishing touches on this. So uh, this may this may crash and burn. We'll see. Um, we're going to make a drink, but to do that, I need to pipe this up here. That should work in theory. And then if you guys... Oh yeah, you can see the bar. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna go to the bar, um, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to carry the chat with me so I can still see you guys. Uh, hang on, I'll, I'll I'll be out there. There we go. So anybody that is a listener of Truth Beer Podsequences, they are a podcast that talks about local podcasts. Um, they also have a Patreon which everybody should be a, um, a subscriber to because you get bonus content. The latest bonus video that they did, they were hanging out at Higher Gravity and they had Julia's first Negroni, Marco's second Negroni in his life. And I, I because I got way too drunk a couple weeks ago, um, did not get to properly share Negronis with everybody. We're gonna change that tonight. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a Negroni, but I'm gonna make uh, something else too. Um, give me a minute. I like I said, I didn't prep for any of this. I feel like uh, I'm losing my mind. Uh, it'll work. The reason that I wanted to do this was because in in their bonus episode. Uh, Julia talked about how she was going to drink a Negroni with me a couple weeks ago and then had the ingredients and then put them back and decided not to because she thought she would not drink them as much. I want to make a very clear uh, picture here about how, number one, how easy this cocktail is to make, but number two, how you can kind of put a little twist on it and make it even more uh, drinkable, even more kind of refreshing and something that you'll drink more of. Uh, so a regular Negroni is great, like like they mentioned on their show, their bonus episode, uh, it's great before a meal, but uh, 
There is another version that I think is just great this time of year, anytime you want it. So uh, that's, that's what we're going to start with because that's how this cocktail kind of got started. Back in like the, uh, forgive me if any of my dates are messed up. I don't know where anything is here. Any of my dates are messed up um, because I didn't really do any research leading up to this. Uh, we're just going to use a shot glass to measure stuff out here because, um, again, I want to emphasize how easy this is. It's about equal parts of things. We're going to start with some ice. There are uh, probably fancier ways that you can make this cocktail uh, involving putting it in, which actually I got it out like I was going to do that. Uh, putting it in a mixing glass and stirring it and everything. You don't have to do that with this cocktail. You can go super, super simple with it and it's still just as good. Equal parts. So we're going to go... I don't know what the measurement is because uh, it's just a regular shot glass. We're going to go about that much gin. I don't know. And then the most important part... Campari. And then, sweet vermouth, which I hope I have enough of. Um, yeah, we should be okay. There is a super basic, delicious Negroni. This drink here is where this thing got started, though. The gin, um, that's not even the right time. Oh, here it is. The gin, uh, shout out to Karakin. I think they're still making gin. Um, uh, the gin is not part of this cocktail. This was not originally part of the cocktail. It was Campari. Um, I started to tell the story. Back in the 1860s, I think, there was a guy, uh, named Mr. Campari, I guess. <laughs> he had a bar where he sold his special little aperitif um, called Campari. God, I'm losing my mind. And he made a cocktail called the Americano. It was equal parts uh, Campari and uh, sweet vermouth. And then in theory an equal part of um, soda. I usually just kind of top it off with it and eyeball it, but stir that up. Uh, I don't have great soda right now. I have LaCroix Pure, which is sparkling water. It's fine, it'll work. Yeah, you don't have to overthink this cocktail. Top it off like that. That's an Americano. It is super, super refreshing. You can drink it in the summer, when you're sitting out by the pool, anywhere that you are hot and you want a refreshing drink. Uh, this is uh, also traditionally garnished with an orange peel. Uh, we didn't have any oranges in our house, because again, uh, I didn't prep for this. But we do have like these little clementines because I have kids. Um, so that's just what I'm gonna use. 
I don't know how easy these are to get a peel off of, but that works. That is an ugly peel, but whatever. There we go. You have Negroni Americano. They're two very similar cocktails, um, but also they kind of fit into different situations for me. Um, and Julia says you should be using liquid death. We don't have any liquid death in the house right now. Um, that's, that's what we're gonna drink. Uh, let me go back to the uh, studio. I don't know how I'm gonna do this with two drinks and the chat. We'll just tuck the chat there. Grab this, grab this. I'm gonna go back. Uh, I'll see you in a minute. There we go. That kind of worked. Put that back. All right. Um, all right. Let me let me drink these. I guess we should start with the uh, the americano. Um, it's fizzy. It's light. It's refreshing. Mm. That is so good. It kind of turns the Campari into uh well doesn't turn it into it. it it emphasizes like the the fruitier side of campari that's already there that kind of gets hidden sometimes by uh the bitterness and then by all the botanical stuff from the gin um yeah i really like that i actually haven't had these one of these for a very long time mm. yeah i can get behind that but the negroni so it was funny that uh, Marco, <coughs> excuse me, a couple weeks ago uh, suggested that this be the cocktail that we drank on that episode of um, uh, the, the uh, Weekly Pint, because this is, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's my favorite cocktail, but it is definitely like top three for me. Uh, Danny says, what flavor is Campari? So it's an Italian uh, aperitif. So there's a lot of flavors going on there. It's bitter. And then there is some kind of like an orange thing going on, which is why these are usually kind of garnished with orange. Um, but uh, beyond that, um, I, I have a hard time describing it. There's a lot of floral stuff going on. Um, I don't normally just drink it by itself. So I don't really get to just try that one thing. So even like the, the Americano, You've got that vermouth in there that uh, um, brings in kind of a, a, a fruity, winey kind of um, thing that kind of uh, mixes with the Campari. That um, I don't know which parts are coming from that and which parts are coming from the Campari itself, but I would say kind of bitter, extremely bitter orange. Uh, it's not not super delicious by itself, um, but when you put it in a cocktail like this, whew, man, it uh, it's good. Mmm. That does it for me. Uh, again, very, very different flavor profiles. Um, this brings out um, all of that uh, uh, botanical, floral kind of stuff, whereas this is way more fruity. Um, it's good. It's good. You should try it. Uh, you would be surprised at how many bars carry Campari, um, considering it is kind of a very divisive uh, flavor. But um, like Josh mentioned, um, it is also really, really good. 
as a uh, a spaghetti, which is where you take. And this is a whole conversation within within itself. Take a bottle of High Life, uh, take a a decent swig out of it, then top it off with uh, Campari. Um, I think those are delicious. Um, however, there is definitely an argument to be made there that a spaghetti is supposed to be made with Aperol, not Campari. But that's that's for a different show sometime. Julia says that I love the Negroni. Definitely something I want to have again and make. Um, I, I want to highlight kind of, I mean, obviously if you've got gin sitting around, there's a million cocktails that you can make with a bottle of gin. A bottle of gin is something everybody should have in their house. Uh, vermouth. I feel the same way. Uh, kind of similar to this. Um, if you, when you start getting into some of those, those bitter kind of flavors, uh, if you just take soda water and put a little bit of vermouth in there, um, it is to me. It's super refreshing. It's a great, um, uh, a great, great summer drink. Uh, Danny says, "Thanks for doing these. I'll try one of those drinks. Have a good night, my friend. It was good talking to you, Danny. We need to uh, get together for a drink sometime. Maybe some Negronis. <laughs> Next time I'm over in uh, your side of town, uh, I will. Uh, I'll send you a message, and we'll uh, we'll Negroni it up. There's plenty of places to grab a good drink over there. Um, I think that uh, the ingredient." The- because there's only three ingredients in a drink like this, um, it is an easy cocktail to kind of use to kind of start forcing you to try other cocktails also. Uh, again, bottle of gin sitting around your house, there's a million things you can make with that. Um, Campari is a little more limited. <laughs> I don't know a ton of drinks that uh, uh, you use Campari for, um, but there's definitely um, a few that uh, are, are go-tos for me, like, like the Americano or the... Um, uh, the Negroni, but it's just good. Kind of, um, you know, put it with a splash of soda water and it's, it's pretty freaking good. Um, and then vermouth, uh, is in a million cocktails too. If you want to make Manhattans or, um, anything like that, um, you definitely can. If you take, uh, I don't know the exact proportions and, my computer is all the way right in front of me, so I don't want to look it up, but <laughs> there's a drink that I think is called a Ferrari that, uh, if I'm right, is kind of like the Americano, but instead of soda water, you use orange juice, I believe. Um, and sometimes, I, like if I'm hanging out with somebody and want to introduce them to a Negroni and they're maybe a little bit uh, uh, timid about trying it, um, I'll take and make a Negroni, but then just add a tiny bit of orange juice to it and it kind of sweetens it up a little bit and kind of uh, makes it a little more approachable. Um, or you can make a Negroni and put a splash of soda water in there. There's ways to kind of, uh, make it more, uh, more approachable. Um, but once you have those ingredients in your house, uh, the fun to me is then to try to find new drinks that use those ingredients or maybe those ingredients plus one other thing. And then you add that thing to your bar and then you add another thing and it starts to kind of build this home bar and kind of, um, makes it, uh, um, <laughs> gives you, gives you something to do. That's not just beer. What is in an old pal? I, I know I've had that, but, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. The old pal is, oh man, that's a big description. Ounce of rye, ounce of Campari, ounce of dry vermouth. So, uh, old pal is very similar to, um, 
to the Negroni, but instead of using gin, you are now subbing in rye whiskey. And instead of using uh, your sweet vermouth, you're subbing in uh, dry vermouth. Uh, and, and similar to that too, there's a drink called a Boulevardier that takes the uh, the Negroni, but instead of gin, you're swapping in um, bourbon. I believe it's bourbon. It could be rye too, but um, <clears throat> there's there's so many little variations on these, which again is part of the fun to me. If you're sitting around and you've got vermouth and you've got Campari, um, swap in you know tequila, swap in you know whatever it may be, and just try different things and. Uh, there is no hard and fast rule that says your proportions have to be exact either. You can go a little bit heavier on uh, one versus the other. If, if you, maybe you don't love the bitterness of, of uh, Campari, go a little heavier on something else and uh, kind of balance it out the way you want. That's uh, part of the fun of, of cocktails is that you kind of, you get to create your own, your own version of it. There are, you know, the, there, there is the right way to do it, but if it's, if it's your drink, who cares? Um, I don't, I'm not going to dive into any kind of, uh, beer news right now. I do still want to, uh, um, do a full show that is the topic that I was supposed to be talking about the last episode, but, uh, didn't get to not the, not the last that well, the last two episodes. Um, but uh, I, it's going to take more prep than I did this week <laughs> because it's a, it's a, it's a big topic. Um, but if anybody stumbles across any other Campari uh, uh, recipes, uh, I feel like we should probably put together a spot where we can share those because um, I feel like that's definitely kind of my, uh, probably my favorite uh, mixer in cocktails. It's not really a mixer. That's not a fair way to put it. My favorite, uh, my favorite ingredient in a cocktail is Campari. I think it's uh man, it's delicious. Let me double check and make sure it's still delicious. Mm. Marco says Bud Light. As far as the topic, it's part of it. Uh, the, the, I can tell you the uh, the episode title was or is or was or will be uh, up in flames. Is what I'm calling it, which obviously has something to do with Bud Light, but uh, it's a bigger kind of um, topic about what's happening in craft beer and um, craft beer culture, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a big topic. <clears throat> but I think it's perfect for a, a weekly pint where people can kind of chime in and share their opinions about it. Uh, for anybody that is uh, listening, who else has tried Negroni and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, what are your favorite cocktails in general? I'd, I'm kind of curious to hear that too because. Um, I've tried a lot of cocktails, but there are still tons that I have not tried. Um, we, we were a lot better about it before we had kids where uh, obviously having a bar in your basement makes things a little easier. Um, there were lots of nights where, uh, we would come downstairs and we would just, you know, put a record on and sit and just make a few cocktails and just try some new things. And, uh, we try to always keep things stocked well enough down here that, um, if you just want something if you just flip into a cocktail book and find something or find a cocktail on the internet you can make it um but obviously once uh kids are around that makes it a little more difficult <laughs> as you can see by my uh my clementine that i was trying to use for a garnish we don't keep a ton of like fruit just laying around now i used to have a right i still have the bowl but we used to have a big bowl that just always sat on the end of the bar just full of all kinds of fresh fruit and i was you know 
making sure it was always stocked. We had mint and all kinds of fun stuff just always sitting around just for whatever you wanted to drink. And well, that's kind of all gone to hell. <laughs> now we just have clementines and goldfish crackers. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> love my kids, but they've definitely made uh, cocktailing in the, the gnome house a little more difficult. <laughs> There's pluses and minuses. Uh, uh, to, to be fair, to give my kids a little bit of credit, while I was running around setting up multiple cameras and microphones and lights and stuff, I wish you guys could see the setup that is happening um, around the, <laughs> the basement right now. Um, I uh, didn't want to run upstairs to get to the Clementine, so I yelled up to my six-year-old and uh, asked her to bring one down. And of course, I had to then uh, debate with her for you know several minutes about why I needed the Clementine and why it was valid for her to bring it to me. Uh, but she eventually did, so she helped. She's a producer. She gets producer credit. Julia says, I don't remember what it was called, nor do I remember what was in it, but the Pride cocktail for Mad Tree last year was delicious. Uh, yes, that was really good. I had one of those. Um, I th The only thing that I know pretty confidently that was in it was that uh, uh what is that stuff the p p p berry p something because it turned purple um uh, marco says a fun cocktail is to take code four from cincinnati distilling and mix it with ice um, code four is is that the, the blueberry one code four um i think that's the blueberry one and I like the fire brigade a lot from Cincinnati distilling. Um, and then of course, um, my favorite Cincinnati distilling, uh, product is the, uh, peppermint schnapps, which there are several bottles of in different rooms down here. Julie says sweet pea something. No, it's like, pea. uh, I'm gonna have to look it up now. Let's see. Oh, butterfly pea. <laughs> it's, uh, butterfly pea. Um, I'm pretty sure that was in it because the cocktail, the butterfly pea, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's actually a, a I think it's a flower or a, a pea. <laughs> I don't know. But it's some stuff that when you put it in a cocktail, um, you uh, if you add um, any kind of acid to that, uh, it changes color. And so that's kind of fun in cocktails. I also think it's toxic if I remember right, which I guess, um, anything alcoholic is poison, but, um, I think if you have too much of it, you'll like die or something. I think I've read something about that. Um, I have all kinds of stuff in front of me that I could start reading, but it's probably not fun to listen to somebody read in the middle of a, uh, a show. Um, <laughs> Josh says, how do you know when a butterfly please piece when it turns purple? <laughs> uh, uh, Marco said, yeah, it's a pH reaction. Um, Julia said uh, it had a rainbow candy cane too, didn't it? Yes, I definitely remember that part, uh, which I'm not, I love having a candy cane as a garnish, but when you get a candy cane too cold, it doesn't, it doesn't dissolve properly when you then are eating it. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I guess if you're going to put some kind of a stir stick in my cocktail, I'd prefer it to be something that I can then eat. Um, I hate paper straws. Um, I'm a firm believer though, that, uh, cocktails don't need straws or anything. You just drink them. They come in cups. You just drink it. Mm. Man, that's good. 
I don't know what it says that I'm going for the Negroni and not the Americano. Maybe that um, shows my favoritism. Mm. Uh, so, are we talking about what's going on tomorrow with uh, Truth or Consequences? Since you guys are both on here, you can uh, tell me if we are or not. Because uh, this week is uh, the recording of the 100th episode. <clears throat> and you guys haven't really said where you're doing that. You just said we're going to do that from somewhere. Unless I've missed that. <clears throat> I mean, I, I didn't miss it. I know where it is and I'm going to be there. But I don't know if you guys want everybody else to show up or not. <laughs> Not that there's, you know, a million people listening to this right now. And by the time most people listen to it, it'll be uh, over. But Marco says, sure. So we're, we're going to be at March 1st. So anybody that wants to come hang out and, uh, you know, laugh at uh, Marco and Julia and watch them try to make a podcast with all of us uh, heckling them. Um, yeah, you should come and, and hang out. And if too many people show up. Uh, we can just set up a speaker or something and you can sit outside of the room and watch through glass. <laughs> Maybe they should do that anyway. So they can't hear us heckling them. That might actually be a good idea. Um, uh, it, it's going to be a fun time. Is there Campari at March 1st? We could drink some, uh, we could drink some Negronis. Although I bet there's not vermouth. That doesn't sound like something. No, you guys would have to stock vermouth. Surely people are drinking Manhattans or something, Right. I'm confident that all of the ingredients would be at Cincinnati distilling, but I still am. Uh, it's hard to understand uh, what the, uh, uh, the cocktail culture of each tap room is. Um, I'm confident that all the ingredients would probably be at uh, Woodburn too. So I would think they would be at all of them, but I don't know. Mm. Should we talk about if there's too many breweries in Cincinnati? I'm working on a blog post about that. Um, not really a rebuttal to that uh, WCPO article, but uh, my thoughts. Because uh, if I had known that that was going to be the title of the uh, <laughs> the article or the uh, the theme, I think I uh, uh, I probably would have approached the interview a little different. <laughs> but um, we can go behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, I was, when, when I was interviewed for that article, which if anybody doesn't know, uh, WCPO wrote an article last week, was it last week? It was last week, right? Um, about, uh, the title of the article was, are there too many breweries in Cincinnati? And then they kind of ran around a bunch of circles and didn't really answer that question. Um, but, uh, when I was interviewed for that article, uh, it was kind of, um, it was kind of uh put to me as uh we are really excited about all the stuff that's happening there's a lot of new tap rooms a lot of multiple tap rooms and uh, we want to write about that but we don't really know <laughs> what we're going to write <laughs> so they didn't really um tell me anything beyond that uh i just lost my chat <clears throat> been having some computer issues not really issues <clears throat> there we go it's back uh elijah says hi hello elijah we are drinking cocktails <laughs> uh, julia says no not too many breweries in my opinion um i 
Let's see. Yeah, see, I was definitely missing some chat here. All right. Uh, people are going to be smashing their face against the glass. Uh, Fig, Leaf, Fig Leaf has some. Yeah, I I assume that March 1st has to. Because there's got to be people ordering plenty of cocktails there. Um, I think, and, and not to spoil anything from the blog post that will eventually be written, but uh, I think that when you talk about too many breweries, you're not you're not asking the right question, which to me is uh, almost uh, upsetting that uh, somebody who is uh, a reporter uh, doesn't, doesn't kind of take a step back and really explore things that they're just going for these clickbait titles, which is, which is great. And I understand it gets traffic and that generates income and and whatever. That's fine. But uh, you just, you, you hope that the news still kind of holds themselves to some kind of higher, uh, journalistic integrity or something. I, I, <laughs> I recognize that I should know better at this point, but uh, I just keep hoping for that. Um, I'm going to differ from my opinion from my buddy Mike. A, there is room for more breweries. <laughs> yes, I think uh, we have all heard your buddy, uh, our buddy, <laughs> his opinions on it. Um, but I, it depends on how you look at it. Like I can definitely see the opinion that uh, when you look at it through one lens, uh, we're definitely maxed out. There is never going to be another Rheingeist. Um, there will never be another March 1st, for that matter. There will never, there'll never be a lot of things that are happening. And that's what makes it so beautiful. Uh, I, I think I talked about this a little bit when they were talking to me and they just ignored it. But uh, when you look at what Rheingeist does, and and we could even throw some of the other um, top breweries in the city into the, the that discussion, but the amount of beer that they're making, uh, if and and granted they're not going anywhere, but if you if you took Rheingeist out of the equation and say that there was uh, just the breweries that that then exist without them, uh, we would still be having that discussion of man, that's a lot of breweries. Uh, because it would just be one less. Like the number would still feel the same. It would still look the same. It would still we would still have as many tap rooms, minus one, in the city. Yet the amount of beer that would be produced is would be half of what it is now. Uh, that's a significant number. <laughs> so we, if we didn't drink any more beer, and if nobody else created any other concepts that made you want to go there you now would have twice as much latitude to have tap rooms. So I don't know if this is making sense, but uh, the number of breweries doesn't mean anything. It's the amount of beer that people are drinking, where they're drinking it, and when they're drinking it. And I think that there is a lot of room for a lot of people who are currently going places and... Uh, maybe, maybe even still drinking craft beer, um, but not in a brewery. There are people who are drinking other things. There are a lot of people that are drinking other things more than ever, which is why places that are making other products are uh, so important to the craft beer scene right now, if, if that makes sense. Um, and then there are still so many places in the city that don't have a brewery. Uh, there are plenty of people that are sitting at home 
that to get to a brewery, you have to get in a car and drive for even if it's 10 minutes. <laughs> that still is a drive to get to a brewery. Uh, until till it's easy for people to get to a brewery, until they can uh, walk there, until they can uh, jump on easy public transportation and get there, uh, I think that there's still room. I think that there's still room for a ton of stuff. And uh, I don't understand why that is so uh, foreign to some people. I get that there is only uh, so much uh, as... Uh, great Anheuser-Busch, uh, they would put it, uh, share of throat is what, how they worded it, of uh, there's only so much that people are dumping into their face, and uh, there's only so much of that that is, um, is going to be consumed. Um, but I think that there's still room for more of that to be craft beer, or something made from a craft brewery, or a craft craft beverage producer if we want to start stretching that uh definition a little bit which i think we should i don't think there's anything wrong with a, a brewery making other stuff as long as it uh, makes sense for who they are and as long as they stand behind it and uh, feel good about what they're doing i uh part of what we can go down another little rabbit hole for a minute uh, part of what i despised about seltzer or despise about seltzer is not the product itself. Uh, there is definitely seltzer in my house. Um, I don't love it, but there is some that I, that I do think is, is, is fine. Um, but there are too many people or were, it's definitely improved a little bit, but there, there were too many people that just decided to make seltzer because they thought they were supposed to make seltzer. And I think that that's kind of missing the point of all of this. Craft beer was never about trying to make the thing that was most popular or the thing that uh, the most people wanted. It was about making the thing that made sense to you and then trying to share that with people, trying to, uh, trying to find people that also wanted that and, and give them this thing. And sometimes that thing is uh, as simple as a place to, to, to call their own, a place that they can um, kind of have that third space away from uh, their home bar or whatever it may be. Um, and sometimes it is just a product that people want. People want to sit by the pool and drink a local beer, a local light beer. That's okay. That doesn't mean that everybody has to make a local light beer. <laughs> <laughs> just you know it, if it makes sense for you as a company uh, make it if it makes sense for you as as a brand or as an identity or as a as an actual thing that means something do it if it doesn't don't uh don't don't compromise uh who you are for something that will generate more money and I know a lot of people like to argue uh, the point of business is to uh, turn a profit and uh, it, it is sort of, um, but I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer that the point of uh, all of this, even bigger than what we do for a living, or how we uh, provide for our families or uh, generate income, is much bigger than uh, turning a profit. I think that uh, when it's all said and done, uh, there's 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 more to it. <laughs> you have to you have to live. Um, of course you, you, know, you have to be able to put a roof over your head and food on your table. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to do that. Um, there are, you know, 
it's not a popular thing to say in um in this country i don't think but um you don't have to live like the people that you see on um on the internet or wherever it is um doesn't 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 take that much to uh uh to feel good about yourself <laughs> uh marco says why does it why does the topic cause the reactions that it does in any form of reaction i i don't know that um that's a that's a really great question but i you know i i obviously i don't know the answer but as far as why, why i think it does i have to put some thought behind that elijah says i want more smoke in the city i like barbecue give me and maybe it's only me a place with a good roush beer and barbecue to accompany it oh there's barbecue in there <laughs> i was making a joke <laughs> no i love i love barbecue and i i love roush beer but uh i love well done roush beer and again there's there's been some in the history of uh smoked beer in the city that just aren't there aren't great and like i don't know why why you would just do things halfway <laughs> like put put some put some thought and some effort behind things if you're going to do them do them right and um i don't know maybe that's maybe that's the real american way is just half-assing stuff to try to find something that is successful <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm doing this wrong maybe maybe i'm i'm the one that's crazy i mean i definitely am the one that's crazy but mm. his cocktails are crazy crazy good uh wow it's already been 40 minutes <laughs> uh we will start wrapping things up uh my cocktails are almost empty uh, I don't know if I have enough vermouth to make another one. <clears throat> I think I might have a spare bottle somewhere. I should have told you more about my ingredients and why I chose the ones I do. Um, uh, and again, that's part of the, uh, uh, part of the fun of it is, um, trying to find what, <laughs> what you enjoy. I don't know what the, uh, internet says the best gin to use for a, uh, Negroni. Let's see. Best gin for Negroni. Ah, here we go. Thrillist has an article that is the six best gins for your Negroni. They tell me, ah, here we go. If you want to make a budget Negroni, use Beef Eater. Beef Eater's fine. For a classic no frills Negroni, use Tanqueray. For a light, refreshing Negroni, they recommend Plymouth Gin. Uh, for an artisanal, ooh, I wonder what artisanal Negroni tastes like. Uh, use Green Hook. Uh, brunch Negroni, that's that's uh, okay. A uh, few breakfast gin, few few breakfast breakfast gin is that actually a thing? Uh, it's got Earl Grey tea and citrus flavors in there. And for an ultra boozy Negroni, try Royal Dock Navy Strength Gin. Uh, it's a terrible article. Um, use whatever you want. <laughs> um, it, uh, it's, it's a very personal thing. And Jen is, Jen is fun because it, uh, it has so many different, um, uh, different varieties, I guess is the, the right way to put it. There is, um, 
Uh, gin in itself is just flavored vodka. It's vodka with botanicals. Uh, one of those being juniper. I, I'm pretty sure that it has to have juniper uh, to some degree in there. But beyond that, it can have all kinds of stuff, which is why you see some places with multiple varieties of gin. You'll have some that are more citrus forward and some that are. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's. There's a lot to uh, to go into that. Elijah says, just use the new Northern Row Cincinnati gin in everything. I still have not tried that. Um, there's a discussion there. <coughs> I haven't tried it yet. Um, I would definitely like to, but I haven't been to, uh, to Northern Row in a while. Marco says, I drank my weight in Beef Eater in my 20s. I will never forget my first taste of uh, Beef Eater um, when I was a, uh, a young lad. <coughs> um, I was... Uh, I think raiding probably my parents' bar, uh, trying some of the stuff that was kind of behind there, trying to figure out what things were and uh, what I liked and what I didn't. And I will never forget that first taste of gin and just the uh, uh, the confusion that <laughs> it created. Um, I like something that's a little more citrus forward, typically, um, especially um, in a Negroni. But um, there's you really can't go wrong. And then as far as vermouth, uh, I almost always just go with the uh carpano antica that's that's usually my favorite it also comes in these smaller bottles which uh, uh we can go down another rabbit hole um let's talk about vermouth uh if you've had a bottle of vermouth for a long time uh, just replace it go get another one <laughs> keep it in the fridge and if you don't use it within uh, i'm gonna i'll say a couple months that's probably longer than it probably should be um, it's going to start losing a lot of flavor. Um, but, uh, um, just replace it, you know, just keep it, always keep fresh vermouth. <laughs> and if you go to a bar and they are just putting their vermouth sitting up with the other liquor bottles behind the bar, um, don't order a drink with vermouth. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, you want a place that either has it, uh, kind of down sitting in the, the cooler or back in a fridge or something. Uh, Elijah says in college, gin and tonic was my go-to. I'm not a massive gin and tonic fan. I like them, especially in the summertime. Uh, but, uh, uh, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge tonic fan. It's, it's, it's all right. Uh, but I, if you guys know me, you know, I'll drink pretty much anything. <laughs> uh, Anyways, let's uh, let's wrap things up. Um, thanks for hanging out with me. I uh, hope you guys all are inspired to go drink a uh, Negroni of your own because they're they're really freaking good. It is uh, definitely one of my favorite cocktails. Um, and if if you try it and you're like that's eh, just not really for me, uh, maybe try an Americano. Uh, swap out the gin for soda and try that and see if that changes things. If you still don't like it, don't drink it. It's fine. Nobody's going to judge you for not liking something. And if they do, uh, smack them in the back of the head and, uh, and then don't talk to them anymore <laughs> because we shouldn't judge each other. <laughs> I judge lots of people, <laughs> uh, but we shouldn't. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, there is hopefully, hopefully going to be a brewcast next week, but we'll see. Um, I don't, without my calendar in front of me, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, things are busy and, uh, uh, they're busy because they're good. And I have to, 
out loud tell me my tell myself that or else i will uh i will forget <laughs> see you guys next week maybe we'll see you all tomorrow uh, as many people as uh can possibly be out there uh the more fun it'll be so uh put it on your calendar tomorrow march 1st uh in the evening sometime i don't know the time um maybe somebody can jump on the chat and say that really fast right now i know it's on my calendar so uh, i'll say what six six o'clock that's <laughs> my guess <laughs> we'll be back there somebody say on the chat before the show is over <laughs> 5 p.m ish there we go we'll see you guys tomorrow <laughs>